The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. Episode 30, um, fill in. Ed, will toss this in wherever this we is 30? can. Yeah, 30. This might be a one-off. This might be a one-off. Let's do, it's a, gonna be. Let's do a theme. Can I suggest? You certainly can. Can I suggest a theme? Britney Spears. <laughs> there you had, you just had to open that, huh? There you go. Britney Spears on your chest. Carpool karaoke? Oh, I like that. I like... Uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm out of here. <laughs> Bart. Brian's getting psychotropical. <laughs> did you know that Jer- Jeremy... T- remember on the last show I was talking about that mashup that they did of um, Do You Want to Build a Snowman and yes. Enter the Sandman? Yeah. And so Jeremy... I think it was last night. Jeremy texted me and says... He's the chef at the Girl in the Fig. He says, hey, I found that... Uh, so obviously he's listening to the show. Because he says, hey, man, I found that um, mashup that you were talking about. I'm playing it for my little daughter right now. <laughs> and I was like, okay, let me know how that goes. <laughs> and he said... So like five minutes later, he goes, I played it for her. And she asked me if that was for kids or if it was for boys. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, is so Dane will never admit to this now at the age of 10. But Dane was like so into Frozen. It was unbelievable. I mean, okay. sing every Frozen. song, every song at the top of his lungs. Right. And and I told him about that, and he goes, "It doesn't exist." Yeah, go, you look it up on your little YouTube, yeah. and you show it to me. And he's like, "It doesn't exist." I'm going to look because yeah. you know Metallica to him at ten, you know, he thinks they're so mighty. Well, this might be the, they were, still are. This might be the therapy that you need to get him to re uh, get in touch it's with okay. his. Uh, well, look, okay. look, look, I said, you know, no look. more. F- no more faction. You're back to outlaw country. <laughs> well, and and that that feeds directly into a message I just got from Sam, and we're already rolling into uh, episode thirty. So we've are still, we recording? We are that? recording, oh, and we great. have been. So, well, it's just like you said. You know, I'm just going to start sticking it's lava layer. Uh, when I was thinking, did we on. we had the rosé and the Grenache Blanc, but I don't know that. Did we talk about the both of the Grenache Noirs? I don't think so. No, we, we did not. talked a little bit about Peter Matheson. I think we talked about Peter, but then also kind of interested in how you got hooked Remember up with the Remember those, except for that one thing that you said about Peter that we probably shouldn't have recorded. I love Unless, you, Peter. Yeah. yeah. Peter, I'm, maybe, that didn't, maybe that didn't make it. Oh, yeah, good editing. <laughs> right. so, so, I good. do have a message from Sam that sales are really strong in New York City, and everyone is feeling the Sonoma strong love. There you go. And even Mickey Hart, from, from who just released his new... Uh, CD a couple days ago, one of the drummers from, or the drummer now, I guess, for Dead End Company. So good news from uh, Sam in New York City, and he is doing well. So at that point, um, we're off and rolling again. Is is Bill... Um Billy Kreutzman? Is he no longer well, touring no, I with don't, them? I, Mickey Hart, I thought he was with the... Jefferson. No, 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 no. no. You're showing your hate. Okay. You know, you are like a lack of hate Ashbury. You are like a musical savant and you just pulled that out. You know what? So here's here's what happened the other day. Have another glass of wine. Have you guys you watched that show, the it's like the best albums or something. It's on MTV. Um they have music (laughs) on there? 
MTV? Yeah, once in a while they actually do some things that are related to music. And they do they do the making of the best album. So uh, they did a Phil Collins one. They did Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon. Um, so they had a Pink, they had a Grateful Dead one the other day. I'm thinking, all right, well, I'm friends with Sam. I never listened to the Grateful Dead, but I'm going to check out the, I recorded the show and I started to watch it. What would be their best album? Uh, it was uh, Anthem, Working Man's Anthem. Dead, American Stick Beauty. Working Man's Dead. Right after they met Crosby, Stills, Nash, and learned how to sing in well, harmony. They, they supposedly they took over the sound studio. So this is in late '60s. They're living in the hate, not because it's the coolest spot to live, but it's because it's you can cheap. get one of these old Victorian homes and you can fit Which thirty people yeah. at ten dollars a month in this house, and they're they're going in the studio, and these studio executives don't know what to do with these guys because. They're out of control. They're on drugs. They, oh my God, the way, they're on drugs? The way they talk is they go, okay, right here, right now, I want to hear the sound of heavy air. And the sound engineer is going, get me out of here. I don't know what the fuck these guys are talking about. So I was, I was, I was trying to... I just did Frank Sinatra's album. Why am I here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what the hell am I gotten into? So they basically just took over the studio. They said, well, if, if these guys are going to pay us and they're going to bail on us, we're just going to experiment. And, and so they start just kind of playing around with knobs and buttons and figure out what they can do and, and came up with some cool stuff. But uh, I just never was into the Grateful Dead. I was raised on... Joan Baez and Jackson Brown and Mimi Farina and and um, Boz Skaggs and Abba and all kinds of stuff, but just never Same, really you, got the, into the, the dead. dead. The Dead uh, really does have some great stuff. I mean, but I think it's really one do. of those I bands can, that I you can have to be a, a fan of live shows. I don't think it's something that you can buy albums and just go, "Yeah, I'm a fan of their I, music." I, I would from, completely agree with you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, uh, they're a folk band at the end of the day, and, and right. yeah, I don't think there's too many albums that you go like every song on there is awesome. It's not uh, Graceland, right? right? It's right. Uh, and you know, I mean, where I I had a friend who I worked with at Kenwood and. He had a time period in his life where he, you know, followed the dead around in his Volkswagen van oh, yeah. and sold something out of it. Nitrous oxide. And, um, no, that was not him. But um, <laughs> oh, <crap. laughs> uh, I think they were tie-dyed T-shirts or something. Um, but he turned me on to the Grateful Dead in, you know, that Jerry Garcia was an amazing blues guitarist. And, you know, um, John's kind of making a, a smile like you know, Jerry was a guitarist. And they'll leave it at that. A four-fingered um, guitarist. <laughs> he was a banjo player and started out in a jug band. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wait a minute. Well, Can I stop you right there? Because I have seen pictures on your website. Do you play the banjo? I do play the banjo. Okay. <laughs> um, and that's so, kind of my love for, for the Grateful Dead. Five string? Five string. I play yeah. five string. Um, I actually haven't been playing all that long. I, uh, my wife got it as a, a no-pressure gift a few years ago. and um, Guitarist I, also? No, I'd never played an oh, instrument really? in my life, uh, but always wanted to play something, and you know, it's just my musical taste. Is, it's not entirely bluegrass, but um, it definitely leads that way. And so banjo was something I really wanted to learn. And so uh, for the last four years, I practice about an hour a day every day, um, and I really enjoy it. Now... Could I play with a band? Probably. I could play poorly with a band. But <laughs> have you? Uh, do you know Adam Trom from here? No, I don't. His dad was uh, good friends with Bob Dylan. You know, in that Greenwich Village folk era, and um, so he's a great, great country picker, and um, you know, bluegrass. I mean, and, and some of the stuff he's been doing around town. Is, 
Great. I, so he plays around town? Yeah. He's got, yeah, got he, CDs out. He was doing lessons, too. I, I, can't, I remember this about four years ago. I, now I remember him. I contacted him, saying, hey, I hear you give banjo lessons. He said, he I'm, does. Not, I'm not doing that anymore. But, uh, huh. um, or did. Do you, know, you do you know Grant Benziger by any chance? I don't. So Grant is uh, Mike's youngest son. And he plays the banjo and quite accomplished. But he's, he's right really now good, he's though. into uh, he's into uh, you know alternative country yeah. banjo. That's what I'm into. You know, it's like it, they're, yeah, if they're they have pretty, a show, they're pretty loud. If they have I'll a show over way. at Gunbun, I probably know the the band. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. How do you play loud banjo? I mean, it's, lu- it's a loud instrument. It's yeah. it actually is a loud when instrument. You, you know, when you crank it up, it's right. Yeah. It's like so a snare drum attached I'll, I'll to a fretboard. Connection. It, he p- does some great stuff online of just picking, and you'd, you'd appreciate it since you play. Yeah. So, I, Casey, what are you doing? You playing at home then? I play at home, yeah. um, and I play for my daughter, and she dances, and that's good enough for me. Right, right. <laughs> um, a, a lot of the stuff I'm learning is, is really kind of solo music, and it's like sitting around a campfire. Um, I would love to be able to play that's with a band, nice. and I try, but I'm just not that my skill level is not quite there yet. But I really mm. enjoy it, and every day, an hour a day, um, when everyone goes to bed, I sit out on the couch and play and huh. pluck. Um, and so, uh, I had some friends and my family get together about two years ago and buy me a really nice banjo that I'm, I, I really love. So now it's kind of like it's my prized possession. Wow, <laughs> that's awesome. And you do Photoshop well. Where'd you learn that? That was just uh, just learning, just uh, playing. Yeah, just playing. Um, you know, my my degree is actually in fruit science, so it wasn't in, in <laughs> graphic design by any means. Um, so fruit uh, science, uh, fruit science from Cal Poly. Okay, that was before they had vit- a viticulture program, which they they have now. But at that at that time, it was uh, you know more geared toward the Central Valley. It was um, it was all row cropping and tree and nuts, uh, with grapes included. Huh. So let's talk a little bit about these Grenaches that we started yeah, yeah. to. Um, what do we have? We have two so, vintages. So you got to, the 2014 is the Mathis uh, Vineyard, Sonoma Valley. Yeah. And the 2015, which from Mount's family, um, which I think Casey was saying isn't really released yet. He kind of brought it as a, oh, wait a minute. No, the Mathis, the 15 Mathis. Ah. I had a 14 Dry Creek as well, but uh, that's pretty much gone. Um, and I think the 14 Mathis, it, it, Mathis Grenache really takes a little longer in the bottle to, to come out. And how long do you tend to leave things? In, what is your? Because here's what I found with some winemakers is they either do extensive barrel aging and then put it in bottle and kind of release it fairly quickly, or they do a little bit shorter barrel aging and then do some extensive bottle aging. These wines that we have here are the latter. They were uh, bottled a year right before the next vintage, so they were in barrel for nine months. Uh, and the nice thing about running a custom crush facility is I get access to some pretty nice barrels. So I don't use right. new oak, but I use some really nice once used barrels. Um, and so they'll, I'll bottle in July and then uh, bottle age for a year before I release. Depending on the wine, the Mathis I bottle age for two years because it just needs it. Huh. And you know, it's, it's interesting that there is definitely in certain varieties a trend to bottle sooner than later um, and trying to capture freshness, Brian. Right. Um, and I think personally, I mean, I've seen some people do that with Zinfandel, um, depending on how big the Zinfandel is. And I think that at times it really lends itself well to it. And um, Grenache, in this case, I completely, you know, I get it. No, I love it. But, but I think, on, uh, have you had the Mounts Grenache that they release? Yes, I have. And, and, he, and I think they do extensive barrel aging. Because I, I think I've had some of their wines that were 18 to 24 months in barrel. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Uh, David definitely is leans on the... He's usually extended maceration. And he, he's and really... He's going after colored, it. colored, 
full flavored yeah. ganache. Um, he's, he's using some new yeah. oak too. Um, yeah, you're laughing, Bart. No, uh, nothing. I'm, I'm, I'm. A conversation we had the other day at work about you know color and grenache and right. Um, so well, well, I love your grenache. Yeah, yeah. But grenache is hard oh. to get color out of. <laughs> now you're you're looking for deeply forward. colored. I mean, I you know I I fess up. My wine's got some nice color, but it's got some syrah. Some syrah, right? So right. anyway, uh, it is. That's all. I, I it just it, it was my own private joke. Can I try the mounts, um, Grenache? Speaking of the mounts, and while you're doing that, I just went to your uh, website, and all I did was Google CR Gray, G-R-A-Y-B-E-H-L, and it came right up. Yep. You're, you're the first one. Yep. So I, I, I own the CR Gray bill as well. I just go after the, use the Grenache. That's cool. Um, and I own pretty much every web domain that involves Grenache out there, honestly. Well, <laughs> including the fist? I, I, I trademarked the fist. Really? Wow. That's you, true? You're serious. Yes. Oh, God you know, damn I, it, I man. I guess I need to give you He's credit. He's thinking way that. beyond what we're thinking. So, These this, are, so when we get those T-shirts from Sandra and Grenache Day, are we supposed to be paying you? No. Yeah. No, because it's... <laughs> the, the next step. Just, Isn't that a Che Guevara thing? I've Dude. actually trademarked it a, a few months ago. So um, okay. uh, it was probably designed by you know some guy in Chattanooga du Pop, and he never... It was, just, it was huh. available on the web, and I, I submitted the trademark, and it was approved. So, what about uh, what? Is, what is that one? Take a breath, drink Grenache, live. Uh, no, I better get get home and get on that. I need to trademark that. <laughs> yeah, you do that this afternoon, Casey. Seriously, either um, that or it's going into Br Casey I, right now. I've actually given up some of those domain names because I'm like I don't think anyone's coming after the Lodi Grenache. <laughs> but at one time, this is maybe four years ago when I first started out this label. I was like, well, I'm just gotta go for it and so i right. really did i bought every grenache domain name there's out there that's funny i mean you know it, it is relatively inexpensive to tie those things up and wouldn't well, you sometimes wouldn't you have loved if you're the first the one yes wouldn't you have loved to have the forethought to you know nike didn't have a website for a long right. time right to a you know owned nike.com well my one of my emails is california casey at comcast.net and now it's got to be California Casey slash one seven five four, where people go, "Wow, you must get you must be old." <laughs> well, you've got B B Casey one thousand. Uh, well, that's one of the newer ones. B Casey one thousand right. at Gmail, right? Well, I'm I don't know why I'm giving away all my email addresses. <laughs> so all these all the What's girls. What's your phone number? And also, myorganicchef at yahoo.com if you're interested. When I had the catering company, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Well, and who's on your T-shirt today? Uh, I got the Britney Spears T-shirt. Ah, on there today, you go. That's what started the whole which thing. Kind of freaked out my daughter because she had seen. She's into carpool karaoke. Your daughter? Right what now. about your friends? No, my friends don't care. I don't have <laughs> friends. But um, I know what's that like? Right. <laughs> she, we've been watching carpool karaoke with the. I don't even know the guy's name from Seinfeld. No. no. The late, late, late show with uh, what's his name? Not anyway, Caldwell. Um, James something. Corbin. No. James Corbin. This sounds right. Yeah. Uh, but we've been watching a lot. She, she loves Ed Sheeran. We're actually going to um, my daughter's first concert was Taylor Swift. I think two years ago at the um, Levi Stadium, and w I took her. F I told her it was for her birthday because her birthday's on August 11th. Mine's on August 14th. Actually, it was for my birthday. Um, I'm on August 8th over here. We, <laughs> and we, and then and then second concert was Pentatonix, uh, and th this will be her third. We're going to go see um, Taylor Swift, Ed Sheeran. Fifth Harmony, um, <laughs> uh, the Chainsmokers um, at SAP, 
And I think we're we're pretty much borrowing money from the bank to go see this show. Is this a uh, <laughs> one of those brokers put on by a? It's called Poptopia. Yeah. Oh, wow! Wow! Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm so lucky that Dane's first uh, concert was Margot Price at uh, Gunbun. Right? I don't even know who that is. No, I don't either. Right. And I it's just like my alt, wife. Alt country female singers. Like, you know what it sounds like, Bart? Like I've said before, if you put a bottle of Krug, a bottle of Dom, right. a bottle of uh, Gloria Ferrer Blanc de Noir in right. front of my wife, she would pick Always, the Gloria Ferrer yeah. Blanc de Noir. And thank God right. um, for yeah. $14 at Oliver's. Um, Speaking of which, when are you getting over to Oliver's and getting your wine in there? Uh, you know, I got to call and make that appointment, and then you got to make the trek. And so you're going to call tomorrow. So <laughs> I'll call tomorrow and see if I can call get tomorrow because I want to get some of that Chenin Blanc at Oliver's. I was. Um, I stopped. just go rep it for him. Well, th- I keep wanting to say something when it, I go there, but I don't want to. No, I don't want to bust his balls. No, no, no. So I'm going to bust his balls right now on the on the <laughs> show. There, there's a there's a buyer. And he works at the corporate office. And right. the way you do it is you make an appointment with him. Right. And then you go to all the stores and the entire staff takes right. through everything. And they score and it. And they score him. Yep. And then you wait to, you go back and you follow up and you wait to hear. And, and it's a very fair process and it's great. I just, right. you know, it's, we just well, do came you out wanna, of harvest. But, but do you want to sell the Chenin Blanc through all of this? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I, mean, I just dropped a bottle at uh, Bottle Barn right. uh, with Barry. And, oh, great. Um, he's doing real well with my Zin there. Well, you guys um, used to be neighbors in Petaluma, I heard. Uh, he actually, he lives right next door to my mom. Okay, yeah, um, he was telling me that the yeah, other day. Yeah. He, uh, we seen... actually, we all reacquainted on uh, during the fire, because during the fire we went to my mom's for a few days, and um, huh. our dogs were barking. See, it was good, it was okay. good for yeah, something yeah. anyway. But, um, but I set up, Barry's going to come on the show after the first of the year. Nice. And um, well, that's perfect. And hang out. And... I was in there yesterday, he was not in, but I... Dropped a pretty penny, yeah. and got some really interesting wines. I yeah. mean, the the big bottle of the Chateau looks like it's going to be real tasty. Oh, I can't wait. What <laughs> time should we well, be here? <laughs> see, the, the next one we have to open is the ninety eight, right? Pocastel. Right. Well, technically, I thought it was when we hit a thousand. Right? Ten thousand. Yeah, yeah. Ten thousand. Yeah, well, we just Sam's not here, so oh. I'm, not, I'm not drinking it without <laughs> Sammy. See how this goes. No, no, no. Sam. I'm not drinking it without Sam. Sam, do you I hear s- that? So, Casey, have you been to the Oliver's buyer to see if they'll carry it in Oliver's? I have not. Casey, I'll, I'll give you his contact Yeah, info. please do. I like you to know sell. What? They, like, um, they like local independent guys. You know what? If, I could, pick, if I could pick up his Chenin Blanc and I could pick up your Grenache... Um, and or Grenache Blanc, which I, I really love, by the way. Thanks. Um, That's at nice Oliver's. One. Nice one. Um, that'd be great. Yeah, I'm, I, I like I mean, to I sell. literally live down the street. And I, what is there, four stores? In so now there's four stores, yeah. Okay. Yeah, And they're a great you know, company. I mean, Why don't they move into Sonoma? Well, you know, they just opened a store... An Uber store in Windsor that's just absolutely beautiful. Uh, with it's a brewery, a doing brewery. their own beers. And, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and you know, they're still the same ownership, still owns it. And Well, they're um, slow growth because they're, they're employee-owned. I wish they the are. same ownership yeah. still owned Sonoma Market. Here, here. You know? You know so I mean, I, that's changed a, so, a whole lot. So whole and, and, I, and I'm not out of school talking about this, but... This was a. I, I've I've sold wine Sonoma Market. They've been a great um, supporter of ours, um, and it, John's bought a bunch of my wine through that. Um, recently, I ran out of the cab, and that's what they have since the uh, change in ownership. That's what they have in the system. 
So I stopped by the other day, and he said, uh, uh, you got any cab yet? And I said, no, we're not bottling yet, but I said, I have you know three or four other wines left to taste you on. And his comment was, well, the cab's the only thing in the system, and it's a pain in the ass to do anything else but that. <laughs> and I took that as... I'm not going to do my job. I, I'm, um, but it's I, you right. hit it, Casey, because I mean, that's... Their, yeah, I mean, their, it's just, unfortunately... That's the attitude. Yeah. It's bureaucrat, corporate bullshit. Right. right. And so, you know, really what I'd love to do is I'd love to try to fi- figure out who the, the real buyer is... For Nugget. For, for the, Nugget, yeah. and figure out how you get an appointment with them. But something tells me that's a lot like... Um, you know, they, and every, then you've every, got all have, the distributors. Are standing you you also need yeah. six times the stock, right? And none so, of them good stores. But, but that's okay. Because, well, but that's okay to you know sell to the other stores. But, Absolutely. But that's not going to happen. So you know, Sonoma's best. You know. Um, okay. Uh, well, and Shannon Blanc know, is coming on though. Oliver's I think. Bottle Barn. Right. You know, those are those are the places to go. I was back looking at Bedrock yesterday. Backroom. A Bottle Barn. Or a Bottle Barn. Yeah. Yeah. Where was it? And. For the oh. Zen or for the, um, was I've, it a red blend? Yeah, the red blend. Okay. And I was surprised at how much it was. Which barn? Um, the Bedrock. Uh, bottle barn. 50 yeah. bucks. Wow. Whoa, and, what? Yeah. Well, for, I'm sorry, but okay. 45 minimum. Wait a minute, right. but which one of the Bedrock wines? Uh, they had a couple. Yeah, I, I mean, you know. hey, I, I just got my offering for Bedrock and... Um, you know, Morgan's wines run the whole gamut. You know, the California Old Vines Zin is very reasonable. And, um, you know, for the quality of the other wines, they're all reasonable. But they're, you know, they're 50, 60 bucks. I was just retail. surprised a little bit. Yeah. You know. Well, I mean, you know, those old Although vines. Although they're <laughs> damn good. I you mean, have that, to, you that. have to pay a lot of money to keep those old vine vineyards. <laughs> That's right. Um, not getting a lot of production. Off of them. <laughs> right. I know. Right. I mean, to be fair for the grower, I mean, that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to preserve these old heritage vines. And, and those they really grow- are. Right. And those growers need so much a ton to keep those vineyards in production or else why are they farming them? Uh, I drive by some of these places that are have been replanted and they're nothing but milk cartons for <laughs> as far as you can see. Yep. And it's like, now how long is it going to be before they get any sizable amount of fruit off of that? Three, sure. four years? Five years. Five years. Five years. And then a hundred years later, Morgan might buy some. (laughs) Right. There you go. (laughs) His uh, grandson might save that vineyard. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, as they have saved so many others. I mean, they've they've really done a great job. Oh, no, it's great. I mean, instead of replanting everything over to Chard, Pinot, and Cabin, they're they're buying Sonso, Carnion, Cunha. I mean, thank God. Thank God these things are doing a ton and a half per acre. Um, No other vineyard owner in the world is going to stand for that when they're trying to make a living off of, you know, a seven acre vineyard. But Morgan will go in and talk to him and Tegan Pasolak will go in and talk to him and, and, you know, make some deals and, and let them know about the history of California. And hopefully they, you know, take a little bit to heart and we get to drink that wine. So, you know what, John, pay the 50 bucks. We're lucky. Uh, pay you the know 50 what? Bucks. I spent everything from nine to 120 yesterday. Nice. So like I say, John, you're you're such an integral part of this group. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I mean, you know, Casey, we we you know started this, and John's obviously the consumer, right? And, and that's what I was taking that angle as. Right? Is, yeah, you, you need to have that anchor because yeah. if you have a bunch of winemakers stuck sitting around talking. Well, you know, we're not buying. We're not the market, right? Right. And 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 so I, I mean, really, I mean, John 
John is a great example of a great consumer because he likes a lot of different things and he's willing to pay for quality and but he um, needs something to drink every day as well which absolutely. is which is all of us right well maybe not all but most consumers and those a, a are bottle, the Spanish Grenache and the Movad, uh, the Movedra those are the everyday wines those are yeah. the you know they're under 10 bucks i think yeah. i think i'm buying retail for that uh, Movedra 8 bucks something like that right you know i've got a case sitting at, at and and which is for me just now. like me you're just like me you have a cross of Local and imported stuff, and for the imported stuff, I go to either Bottle Barn or to um, Oliver's, um, or even to Costco now and get the um, some of the good deals. Because I'm going to have to run into Costco have. with you. I don't. I mean, it's crazy the the buying power that they have. They can basically buy things for a penny over what the producer is. You know, it costs. But for them that's, to make that that puts the producer in a bad spot oh. because that's just like when I was in, the, in food marketing. At but the ad I, you know, I don't. I, I'm you not going into Walmart. I'm not buying chicken at Walmart. Thank you. And I'm not going into Target and buying. I don't know my Target's know better. Um, but but I don't mind paying at Costco because these people. There's a reason they're going to Costco. It's because they need to move product. Well, they, they and, made that and, decision to sell to right. Costco. Right. And right. again, as you know, Sam talked about it once on one of the shows. Is a lot of times those wines that are in Costco are just part of a larger um, um, winery. You know that they have their very high-end, more, uh, you know, quality-driven wines, right, right. and then they have their wines that are meant for everyday drinking, and that's the stuff that makes it to Costco, and the stuff that we're talking about never even makes it to the States. Right. Or it certainly doesn't make it to Costco. It's in one of the finest wine shops, you know, in the country. That's right. Well, and, so. and, well like, go to the Rhone Room, and Pure is on the very top shelf. Right, standing there by itself. There yeah. are some states, uh, Texas being one of them, where it sails through there. Costco's kind of the only game in town. I mean, the, the my day job of Obsidian Ridge, we sell the only place we sell Costco is Texas, and it's just because huh. that's the that's the only game in town to, to move, you know, the the quality the quantity that we need to move. They actually carry at um, the Costco in Texas Screaming Eagle. Yeah, right. Uh, You're tw- I think it was tw- uh, twenty six hundred. <laughs> for a bottle, which we sell it, we sell a glass of Screaming Eagle at Sante for nine hundred dollars. So, is it worth it? Well, you tell me, John. You I've never in, had Come one. in and try one, and make sure that I'm working when you do it. <laughs> I'm just is that really, it is at nine hundred. Nine hundred dollars for the uh, for, for the glass. Yeah, yeah. Well, you How know, long if you're, has that bottle been sitting there? No, we do the. You no, know, know. Oh, the. Corvin or We're the, Corvin in it, and 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 if you get enough of these young bucks that come in and um, like to drink, um, like to flex Louis Thirteen, and and we have a really nice cigar selection. And, so they can um, sit around and they can sit around and, and after and, after a couple uh, yeah. single malts, um, you know, it's hey, let's get a Moved glass of this, world, let's yeah. get a glass While of that. Sitting and, in the heart of Boys Hot Springs, right? Let's go sit outside <laughs> see, and uh, smoke a cigar. That's the only place I knew when we first came here. We always stayed there. We'd always turn on 12, never went up this way. And I end up living like 10 blocks from there. Well, I was uh, two years ago, we went and spent some more time in Vaucluse, and uh, we were within a short walk of Giglandas and ate yes. at probably about three nights in a row. Um, and they had their core event selection was incredible, and it was yeah. NRC. Yeah. It was, uh, it was yeah. just like, isn't that nice wow. though? See, Brian, this is the second person we've had on the show that part of their you know experience was going to Europe and working in in France, and 
That's in my production winemaking experience. That's the thing that I missed out on. Right. I don't know. Maybe when I'm 50, will somebody in France hire me? No, at you 57? don't need to work. Just go watch. No, right. I want to go and work. I, you know. Well, yeah, just at show 57, up. That's can I do all that? you. Yes, yeah. you can. You can absolutely. I mean, Danny Faye did it. I mean, he all he did was ride his moped around to different. <laughs> well, you and, know, he, and oh, and he got his masters while he was. Yes, there, right? and but you know, I mean, winemaking nomad—that's great name uh, nickname. Should have been younger. I should have thought about that. <laughs> well, on the other hand, just head over, man. Right, and and you know, you can work. Uh, you can stay at that beautiful place you uh, yeah. you had your honeymoon at. That's nice. Got to get buddy. Dane into college. Yeah, that's that's kind of a hang-up, isn't it? Michael's now 29. I can do exactly what I want anymore. Yeah, so, that's so one of the drawbacks of having a kid at a at a late age like uh, like Bart and I did. Uh, well, I was too, 37. So I'm just starting here. <laughs> yeah, well, how old are you? I'm 40. Yeah, you're oh, in the yeah, same boat. You're in the same yeah. boat, okay. absolutely. And, and your child's how old? She's two. Yeah. And yeah. and I was 37 when Michael was born, so there's no no problem there. Yeah. And my dad was 37 when I was born, so yeah. no, it... it it all flows very well, and and you can you can start to see the similarities and the differences in, <laughs> in 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 generations. My son is as different as I am, being assertive, um, but he he picked up on the musical side. I mean, he's totally a guitar player. That's it. You know, and uh, you know I. Don't do that anymore. I gave him all the guitars. I kept the piano. I left the Hammond when I left in Chicago. Oh. So uh, it cost more to ship the damn thing to buy a new one. I know. Seriously. We could have had that Hammond organ right right, right now. Right now, though, and just when Sam plans. came in with his blues with his Jake haircut on. <laughs> well, he's now he's wondering, does he? Brian could have done his best, Ray Charles. We could have shook our tail feathers, John. <laughs> <laughs> well. I can still play, so we gotta. Mm. We'll get him over here with his. Uh, with, uh... Oh God! All right. Well, anyway, I see Senator uh, Al Franken got busted for. Oh, he's in big trouble. He is now. He's going to get booted. What did? Oh, he's he's reaching for some. Girl's he stuck his tongue down her throat during a USO. I think that was the okay show. part. It was when she was sleeping. He and then he went to go her. grab her tits yeah, and get a picture no, taken. No, of it. no yeah. it's on, and I don't want to see it. I mean, it's really amazing how this is all going down and fast. You know, fast. Fast. And um, you know, uh, there's a lot of empowerment coming with the large amount of people doing this. And Rightfully so. I this mean, is going down fast. This could get really, really ugly. Right. Well. Yeah. Well, or ugly or, 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 or positive. Well, right? no, no, no. And I, I don't mean not in a positive way, but it's just going to be interesting that it goes down. I mean, I, I think I was listening to Joe Rogan and they were talking about, you know, or are we all becoming numb to it? And, you know, uh, you know, Louis C.K., is he um, not getting hit as hard because, uh, or no, I'm sorry, is... Uh, Weinstein, you know, he's like going, Harvey. oh, Louis C.K.'s in, I take some pressure off me, you know. Right, right. Does that keep happening? Well, the, the bad one was Bill Cosby. You don't have to, if you have to drug somebody to have sex or pay, like Bill O'Reilly, $32 million, you, you got to be an ugly screw. I'm yeah. telling you, that's it. <laughs> so, that's yeah, it's weird. I kind of like being poor. I got a, I got a hot wife. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to. I'm not paying 32 mil to fondles. God knows what he did for 32 mil. But think about that. 
Whatever it is, it's not know. worth it. My wife likes when I sexually harass her. Right? <laughs> I know. We got it easy. No, it's just called love. <laughs> oh, that's that's the deal. That's a big, big change in that whole thing. Yeah. So, Well, okay. I know you guys got to get back to work. So this was a kind of a short fill-in. Uh, I wanted to make sure that uh, we gave Casey as much uh, time. Wait a minute! No, no, possible. no! Wait, we we you, have to. You're only on one. You've only done one. No, no, okay. no, no, no! I want five more minutes. No, I, you got it. Um, we got to talk get about Casey it. talk about his ideas of how he makes the grenaches, the red wines. How do I make them? Oh well, I mean, this you is know, what, this what, is what, a, what your parameters are. What you're what you're inspired by. This has been an evolution as well. Um, I think that the wines have evolved. The two, 2016s that are still in barrel are completely different than the 15s and the 14s. Um, as, That's beautiful, though. As I've gone on, I've actually removed myself for the most part from the winemaking. Uh, 14, I was still tinkering um, just out of that winemaker idea that you, you're being intimate, you got your hands all over it. Uh, Does that come from just a Ravenswood attitude? Um, everything should taste the same. No, I don't think so. I think I was just really into it, and I really wanted to... Well, did you feel like you had to do something? Yeah, I had to... Actually, yeah, I was malleable, so I wanted to hammer on it, right? Right. So uh, 15, I started, you know, backed off a little bit, and 16, I basically didn't do anything. 17, I I put them in a bin and walked away from them. Um, So uh, winemaking style, I'm still evolving in that way. So, um, I mean, brass taxes of it... uh, it sounds like you don't inoculate. Uh, I don't anymore. Okay. Uh, these fourteens, I did a little bit. Well, usually, what my my normal procedure would be is I allow them to go native to start right. native. Um, then I was doing some yeast trials because I'm, it's still up in the air. Well, what, so there you go. You have to do something, right? Right. What, <laughs> what Grenache? What yeast really goes well with Grenache? And that's the, there's there's no right answer. Right. Um, so there's I no right tra- answer of anything about yeast. Right. I was using. Um, RC212, which is Pinot yeast, because it really gives you a nice fruit forward. But as I've gone on, I've, well, I don't want that fruit forward. So now I'm doing just native, um, and that's it. At this point, it's uh, 17, 16s. I actually started using a little Brunello yeast uh, after the native starts. So maybe at like 18 bricks. Uh, And it gives us this really nice woody character that I like that I get in like Fakras and Jiglandas. Well, we're talking about whole whole cluster? Yes, whole cluster. So I would allow them to go to start fermentation, run down a little bit. They're all whole cluster? All whole cluster. And um, I think this is great. And and then your foot treading. I foot tread, you know, after like a six day cold soak, just so I can I can get a sample, I can get an idea what's in there, right? um, And then allow it to start. And then the first couple years, I pitch something at like eighteen bricks, right? And then let it ride through. Okay. Um, Because I'm at a custom crush facility, you know, I got the spice jar. I could pick whatever I want. Right. right, Of course. You Um, can play. I can play. And so in years past, uh, one of my clients really likes the William Salem yeast, which is uh, you know will kill a fermentation. So I would pitch that at like 14 bricks and let that finish out um now i'm finding that i don't even need to do that as long as i give it a, a nice sulfur dose to make sure that it's it's really homogenized right. and in the whole cluster is really tough to get those additions mixed in because there's no juice all the right. juice is stuck in the berry right um it's also really hard and i'm this is why i don't do any additions anymore to get an idea what the chemistry of that is right. because i find that the juice i'm pulling out there's from the riper berries because they break during the right during processing. So I'm not getting a really good chemistry analysis. And this is part of that evolution is that I've learned that y- you can't take that juice panel and think, well, 
this is what that wine is because it's not. There's so many berries in there that are intact. Right. Um, totally. That, I mean, it's always so evident whenever you, whatever you're pressing, how it changes. Yeah. You know. Well, and I find that with the whole cluster, doing it native, I'm getting and not manipulating it much. I'm really getting a carbonic at the bottom of the the vessel, yeah. huh. um, and retaining some of that fruit that I'm losing through the native ferments. Um, so you kind of get a nice nice mix, um, and and in, in really dialing in how I make Grenache, I've discovered that that fruit forward that is in some of these wines, I'm kind of backing off on because. Right. That's not, you don't find that in French wines. And I'm not saying that I'm trying to make French wines, but it's definitely like the roadmap I'm following, you know. Well, you know, it's really interesting. Last year I made uh, a Syrah. Uh, the, the vineyard had Syrah, Grenache, and Mouvedre, and the Syrah and Mouvedre fermented together. And probably about 25% was whole cluster. Um, and, and it kind of, of each of the two varieties. Um, and it's the first time I'd done that much whole cluster, or really any whole cluster, maybe 25%. And I'm still like trying to figure out the wine because one, the inclusion of the Mouvedre has changed it a little bit. Yeah. But the whole cluster, I, it's just, I, I find myself second guessing it because it's not just this massive extracted Syrah, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it's just kind of, again, the evolution of making the wine and, and, and I love the wine, but I have to take my mindset out of it that it's not a typical Sonoma County Syrah. Well, I find with less percentages of whole cluster, you get more stimminess because you actually get that juice that's in contact with the stem right. where you're doing 100%. I don't get that in those wines um, because that juice isn't really touching the stems right. until maybe you know, towards the end of fermentation when the berries So what do the stems down. bring you? Minerality? Yeah, and they bring. I think so. Structure. I think they actually calm down the, the tannins a little bit in in the Grenache, and I think it brings hmm. this this floral aspect, yeah, this and, lavender, yeah. and then and, uh, th that I really like, and and that's why I've gone more and more into it. I, the first years, the fourteen, uh, the Dry Creek I made was only half whole cluster, and that's what I found is that that if if you only go half, well now you got juice in contact with that with those right. stems. Um, and I know people that will dry stems and then throw them back in there, but right, it's the yeah. same idea that now you're directly in contact with those stems and you can get that green stem. They stimulus. dry the stems and toss them back in. Well, yeah. That's strange. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the first, I, I think, uh, field blend um, whole cluster that I had was the Three Sticks Castanata, yeah. um, which is about 30% unknown white and 70% unknown red yeah. um yeah. but it they were talking about um, bob cabral the winemaker how carefully they have to treat those stems because if they break open and you're getting a lot of woodiness that you just don't yeah. need yeah. um but uh, well at the end of the day casey who are you making wine for uh, not who you making wine for the style that you make wine in are you making it so that it's something that you enjoy or something you think people will will enjoy or a combination of both it would have to well you know my heart would say i'm making wines that i love right and that, i think that's where i started out with but as i've gone on i've come to the the stark realities that uh i have to be able to sell this product too right. so i try to do both i still want to i want to make wines that i love right and i want to make them in the style that i love and i i, I really feel that i do that um and yeah, that's it, really. Mm -hmm. I, I can't say that I've, I've actually changed my, 
winemaking style, probably to go further away from what the what I think the consumer may like, because right. I think the wines have taste better in doing that. Um, yeah. But they want a nice I, I, attitude. I think, I think the wines taste great, Casey. Yeah, so. yeah they, they do. They really did. Great job. Thank you. I was just looking, um, just Googling Sonoma wines. Now, these are people who have paid to be on top. Gundlach Bunchu, Gloria Ferrer, Corbell, Jay, Vineyards, Deloche, Larson, Mary Edwards, somebody I just do not know, Remick Ridge, uh, Ridge. Um, <laughs> really? Remick Ridge? Remick Ridge is in here. Uh, so Remick Ridge was Tommy and Dickie Smothers' brand. Their old uh, brand. Their old brand. Is that it? And and I and and Marcy still Marcy and uh, Tom still sell the grapes to KJ. And I think maybe KJ might own the brand now. I don't know. Okay. Maybe I'm speaking out that's of Jackson Marcy family. We're not listening. And but a, that's interesting. There's that a Ridge showed up. Kistler, uh, Biercon, Simi, Jordan. Um, I mean, what a strange list. Um, not something that I would think. But, you know, it just goes to show, you know, as we're really, everybody's trying to do, Sonoma's open for business. The wine here is spectacular. And, you know, we've got more wines covered than almost anywhere else in the world. You go to these... Go what to, did I say? It's, it's 60... We looked this up one day. It's 17 different AVAs in uh, Sonoma. And almost $15 billion. And there's 63, I believe, different varietals, which I, I'm a psalm, <laughs> like and I defy any psalm or casual wine lover to name 60 varietals of grapes. I've had a lengthy conversation in France with people when they'd say, well, I'm from, I'm live in Sonoma and I make wine Sonoma. Well, what varietals do you grow? And I go, well, you know, all of them. And, and trying to describe <laughs> that situation to someone from right. France that, that we can grow just about everything. And it's because our climate they is so can. diverse, but, right. but they can't, they're looking at me, well, you must grow pretty bad wine. If you're making all right. those varietals, you have what, Cabernet <laughs> and Pinot and I go, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's and, crazy. Uh, but they're not planted next to each right, other of any, anymore. Well, right. <laughs> well, <laughs> right. I mean, let's face it. There's, the, the, there's a reason why there's not a lot of Pinot in Kenwood anymore and why there's no Cabernet right. in Carneros anymore. Right, right, well, right. not as much Cabernet in We Carneros figured it anymore. out. Yeah. Uh, well, all you have to do is go to Google and start looking up how many AVAs in Sonoma County, what kind of wine is Sonoma known for um what is an ava etc cetera, etc cetera. uh below is the selection number one mentioned pinot zen pinot gris cab franc i mean and and what i see mostly if you look up something chardonnay is going to be number one chardonnay pinot cab yeah. zen syrah um i mean those are your top top wines but we also have barbera we got Lagrine. We have Sancho Vase. And everyone, we have Tempranillo. Any, any one right? of those can be purchased <laughs> online from imagery or from you guys. So, right. oh, and, you know, do right. you want to know my recommendation? Yeah. Would be to go to, especially if you're shopping for Christmas or for your holiday Absolutely, feast. Absolutely, man. You got to. Would be um, go to uh, Casey Graybell, G-R-A-Y-B-E-H-L. And I would pick up some rosé, some Grenache Blanc, and some Grenache. And then uh, my next trip would be to DaneSellers.com. And I would for sure, I'm going to change my. I'm Sam, gonna, Sam's going to wish you, you know wasn't what? No, here. no, no. I got Sam. I got Sam. <laughs> I, I'm going to change my last order 
from danesellers.com, and I'm going to say six of the Chenin Blanc, two Zin, two Grenache, and two... You don't have any more cab? Uh, I in bought the spring, it all. In the spring. You know what? I'm going to buy three Matter Grenache, fact, the, three the, Grenache the, and three cab then. The cab from the spring comes from a former <laughs> nudist colony here in Sonoma Valley. So, Casey, you can... Sit on that one for a while, and I, I was working on a pun, but it isn't popping. <laughs> yeah, my head. well, I was going to say the guys, the most popular, who can carry the most donuts back. Like, Damn, right? <laughs> you know that might be our cue. He's here all week. Um, <laughs> well, and then and then visit sixteen six hundred, and I think that that Syrah that Sam poured Damn, for yeah. us a couple weeks ago, where he took the he took the Viognier skins, and they were actually harvested before the Syrah. So they took the Viognier skins, froze them? froze them, and then put them back in and co-fermented them with the Syrah. From I, th- I think it was Dos Limones, but I'm not sure if that was the vineyard. It, it was Dos Limones. Was it Dos Limones? That shit was bomb. Wow. Uh, yeah, that good stuff, really man. Good. Yeah, that was, that was some Cote Roti style shit. That was really good. All right, everybody. Hey, so for a short one, we got to 45 minutes pretty fast. So, um, yep. Casey, just want to make sure uh, one more time. Well, Brian, we, we know where to get you a- anytime at Sante. Sante, we're actually back in uh, business, in back town. in full swing. And uh, next to come see a us, couple yeah. of others. We're, we're actually, we have a new classification. It's called the hottest spot in town. There you go. Hottest spot. In town. Well, I mean, it, it is. It does you, get warm there. You get there and you, you know, it come is, to 38 it is a spot. Have a, spot. a glass of Screaming it's Eagle real. for 900 bucks and then come see me for as long as, as long as Have Brian's a little work. DRC and uh, <laughs> you're all good to go. And Dane is always uh, at the same place. Yeah. Uh, DaneSellers.com. Okay. We're here all day. Perfect. Casey? Uh, you can find me at uh, CR Graybell. Wines, uh, Grenachista.com. Uh, G-R-A-Y-B-E-H-L. Got the market cornered G-R. on Grenachista. I got well, the market that's... cornered. I am yeah. on Instagram. If you want to see some funny pictures, go on uh, Grenachista. I highly recommend that. That's a good thing. Yeah. So, Well, hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. We are the winemakers. We will uh, get back in sync over the next couple of weeks, and everything should be uh, heading to, well, hell, now now we're going to talk about uh, Christmas. I, Christmas. Say, I think we're, uh, we're in sync. Okay. Enjoy. <laughs> Be good. And thanks again. I'm Joey Fatone. <laughs> Peace and love, kids. Thanks for listening. Thanks. We're the winemakers.